This is the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Tom is a sports super agent. And Sam worked on baseball salary arbitration, is a longtime criminal lawyer and defense attorney, and is the author of Waiting for Cooperstown. And together, these brothers bring you the Rich Report here on Sports USA. Thank you for listening to The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and on iHeartRadio. I am Brandon, and let's welcome Tom and Sam Rich to the show and start off with Major League Baseball. Spring training is in full swing. We talked a, a few podcasts ago about the brand new rule changes in Major League Baseball now. Tom, going into spring training, I mean, it's early, of course. Do you notice a change? Uh, has the game speeded up as far as the pace? Well, I think that uh, they're moving right along, you know, within those guidelines, but it's pretty easy because, first of all, most of the guys that are playing right now early in spring training are young guys and, you know, guys that are not major league experienced guys that who are competing for jobs. So they're paying attention to what uh, is being said and what they're being told. I think it'll be a lot more revealing when the games count and they're with major league players. So I applaud them for trying to speed up the games because they're way too slow. But I think it's going to take more than that to achieve any kind of significant success. But, again, I, I heard the commissioner speak uh, last month in Pittsburgh on this, and he seems very, very serious, and he's a serious and very bright guy. So he's not just talking uh, through his socks. Now, Sam, you're out in Florida as well, and you're going to a lot of spring training games. Have you noticed a, uh, you know, a change in, in the uh, pace of play? I, I have. I, I think that the... I don't think that the new rules in and of themselves are going to make a profound different change or have a profound impact on the pace of the game. But I think that they are working in terms of eliminating some of the things that aggravate the spectators uh, the most. Uh, and, and, and that's good. Uh, I don't uh, think you're going to get any significant change in pace of the game until umpires start calling more strikes above the belt until the hitting philosophy of teams changes so that when hittable pitches are thrown on the first or second pitch, uh, the batters swing instead of the futile attempt to go deep into counts. And uh, what really happens from that is that uh, you see a reduction in in run scoring. And uh, I think that that uh, affects uh, fan interest. So I I think uh, I say what I've said before on this subject. I think that uh, you're going to get some meaningful changes when there are some restrictions on the ability of the defensive teams to change pitchers on every batter. That's just too much. And I think uh, another change that is in order is that the defensive team must make its pitching change before the pinch hitter is announced rather than after. I think those changes uh, 
requiring a relief pitcher to retire two batters or finish an inning, uh, number one, and number two, requiring the fielding team to make its pitching changes before a pinch hitter is announced, will uh, help run scoring and pace of the game. And uh, so you'll have a good combination of rules to uh, have significant uh, reduction in the length of games. I think a lot of the problem is that there's been a real shrinkage of uh, offensive production. You know, you got a lot of strong young arms out there and great coaching and, and depth uh, in pitching staffs. I think you're going to see offensively hitters at back uh, more early in the count not necessarily trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, but getting a pitch to hit hard, uh, rather than just trying to go deep in the count and run up pitch counts. They're going to be trying harder to get on base. And I also think you're going to see more hitters, you know, not necessarily the big bombers, but in some cases that too, but I think you're going to see more hitters attack the ships and take advantage of the empty spaces. I know this. It makes a lot of sense with a lot of players that are seeing a lot of hard hit balls turned into outs. They need to, you know, I think you're going to see more adjustments made. And I think you may see more bunning, especially yep. by left handed hitters. Now, let's stay on the topic of baseball. And, Tom, let's talk about the draft. What about the draft as far as for Cuban players and players that uh, are from the States? What changes should we make in the draft? There's all kinds of problems uh, here uh, because, first of all, the Cuban talent, obviously, is rather significant. There there are a lot of talented players who are some, some especially veteran Cuban players, that are game-ready for sure and have made tremendous impact uh, already. And there's going to be more, especially with the opening of relations between Cuba and the United States uh, that are being worked on aggressively. But the biggest problem is that the, the United States youngsters that are subject to the draft, which is a, a zillion of them, are controlled by the draft, and that's what they have to go through and it's capped in there and slotted. And it's an entirely different uh, low end of the baseball economy as opposed to the Cubans who are immediately uh, free agent uh, eligible once they go through certain processes. I think the disparity, the high-low disparity between the uh, Two groups is going to be something that is going to cause one hell of an uproar. I think uh, there are a lot of people that are upset about it now, but I think it's going to become an issue that is going to literally demand attention and equity. I mean, the the Cuban players are entitled to be paid well that uh, people think are going to be significant players, but the disparity between the two groups is uh, off the charts. Any thoughts, Sam? Yes, I, I, I think we should be clear that uh, the, what Tom and I are saying is not intended to be anti-foreign. Uh, we 
we have no problem at all with foreign-born players uh, getting paid uh, what they're worth in a in the market. Uh, what is unacceptable is that uh, foreign-born players uh, get treated fairly, and American-born players, for the most part, are operating under a financial system that artificially restrains uh, their free market value. Now, I understand that a draft uh, serves a purpose uh, to the uh, is in many respects good for the game, in some respects bad, but uh, some respects good for the game. But everybody uh, should uh, be playing under the same rules, and uh, the amount of compensation being played to pay players should be based more on their market values than are than on the fact that uh, one uh, uh, has uh, free market principles working for them, and the other uh, has a suppressed market, artificially suppressed well, market. Simply stated, you want fairness, you know, in both directions, but there has to be a leveling of rights to some extent, you know, because the disparity, as I say right now, is is off the charts. And especially as we're approaching a major, major labor negotiation that involves a lot of issues, this is simply going to be another big one. Well, let me add to that, Brandon, if I might, that one of the problems is that the system which applies to American-born players has uh, fundamental deficiencies to the extent that as far as the players who are drafted in the lower rounds, uh, the the system operates uh, very unfairly. The system is too repressive in terms of salaries, and that has to be looked at regardless of what kind of draft system you have. No, that it, the whole thing's going to have to be addressed. But by the way, it's not an issue that is unknown to the parties. I mean, it's just, the problem is that the actuality now demands a more equitable resolution. We're going to take a quick break. We want to thank everyone out there for listening and downloading the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and on iHeartRadio. We are going to come back. There's been a lot of moves in the NFL, and the NHL playoffs are near. So we're going to talk about possible matchups and more. It's the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. We'll be right back with more of The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on Sports USA. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If you're making the minimum payments, but your balance is just not going down, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it will take years and years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-230-7157. They've helped over 5 million people with credit card debt. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. If you're struggling with credit card debt, Consolidated Credit Programs will teach you how to get out and stay out of debt. Call 800-230-7157. 800-230-7157. That's 800-230-7157. 
Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated, 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services or by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19, Oregon DM80031. Services are primarily educational in nature. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information. 800-787-3019. 800-787-3019. Sports USA's The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich continues right now. We are back with the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. There have been a ton of off-season moves in the NFL. What happened in the past 48 hours to the San Francisco 49ers? Of course, earlier this year, Jim Harbaugh, the coach, leaves for Michigan. And now, a lot of their players, Frank Gore, it looks like he's going to sign a three-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Their linebacker, after eight seasons, Patrick Willis, is retiring. There's been trade rumors for Colin Kaepernick. I mean, what is going on with the San Francisco 49ers, Tom? Well, I, you know, I think that the, the whole Harbaugh uh, situation, which was pretty unusual, that it blew up well before the uh, games that count, playoffs, is a major part of it, but also because of the fact that San Francisco had an extremely disappointing end. Uh, so moving into the new stadium, that was not the way it was supposed to play out. There are a lot of football teams, and a lot of teams are not happy with where they're at, so you're going to see a lot of dramatic changes Plus, they have to balance it all against the cap, and that that's a, a requires a lot of Najinsky type of uh, dance moves that these guys are very adept at. But also, you're going to see a lot more players in free agency move, uh, and it's going to create a lot of excitement and a lot of uh, tremendous off-season interest, not just the draft, but the draft-in companionship with free agency, and trading. The NFL offseason is going to look uh, a lot like the last basket or baseball season, and you're going to see a lot of major moves up and down because of that in next year's competition. So it's a hold-on-to-your-hats type of offseason more so than any that I can remember in a long time. And uh, Shane Vereen also Big move going from the world champion New England Patriots. He signed a deal with the New York football Giants. Sam, talk about the 49ers and talk about some other interesting moves that uh, you noticed uh, in this NFL offseason. Well, the, the, the two teams that I've been following the most are San Francisco 
and Philadelphia, the Eagles, uh, letting McCoy, trading McCoy to to Buffalo, and of course that's an interesting move by by Buffalo. Uh, it, as far as San Francisco is concerned, I, I I was under the impression that Frank Gore was going to sign with Philadelphia, but maybe that's not uh, maybe that's why people should not form opinions until after the deals are done. San Francisco is just a year removed from being one of the premier teams in, in football, and it does look like uh, there is going to be a total overhaul, and uh, that that is kind of surprising, and it will be very surprising to me if Kaepernick is traded. Now, one thing that you may find interesting, I believe that this will be one of the few years in NFL history where free agent movement is much more interesting than the college draft. Uh, I, I think uh, th- th- those moves are going to attract a lot more attention this year than, than the college draft. And as you know, there are people who, who make careers out of uh, predicting uh, what player. Uh, people wait breathlessly to find out what team uh, gets what uh, college players. But I, th- I think this is a year where a free agency is going to be more important. And I think, uh, I think the move before it's all over, I think the moves that actually occur are going to make the rumors look like they're mild uh, and, and relatively unimportant because I think some tremendous things are about to happen. In Philadelphia, it looks to me like the the coach is trying to make the team over uh, in in the image that he perceives uh, is needed uh, for success and is similar to what he accomplished uh, when he was at uh, at Oregon, and that will be very interesting because I think the perception in the NFL is that uh, there are only a few ways to do things. And uh, teams tend to copy uh, the other teams uh, and how how they do things. Well, speaking of uh, major impact players changing uniforms, I am very anxious to see where, of course, there's other things to resolve yet on the legal front, where Adrian Peterson is going to continue his career because... You know, that has been a very uh, notorious situation and a real shame. And there's a lot of issues involved that are significant. But the point is that this is one of the greatest running backs, unquestionably, in the history of the game. And he could make one hell of a difference depending on where he ends up. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of tremendous moves and, of course, the draft, in some respect, is going to go hand-in-hand hand with that because it's a package. You know, teams can pull off between trades, between the draft and free agency, dramatic moves like you saw this offseason in baseball. I think you're going to see more of it in the NFL, and it's going to make one heck of an interesting uh, competitive year Although this one that just ended, needless to say, was not chopped liver, 
especially when you throw in all the legal factors. <laughs> so hold your breath and fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be one heck of a year. And we're all hockey fans, and the NHL playoffs, if the season were to end today, I mean, you'd have some incredible matchups. The Islanders would uh, play the Washington Capitals. You'd have the Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, Nashville and Winnipeg, you, you would just have an incredible, incredible playoff games. And the season's not over. It's probably, you know, going to go down to the wire, probably to the last week before we have some definitive matchups. So, Sam, talk about uh, the hockey season and uh, what's going on. Well, I'm, uh, I'm interested in some teams that uh, probably uh, don't get as much attention uh, as uh, they should in terms of what will happen in the playoffs. Um, of course, Montreal is in first place in the Atlantic uh, Division. They seem to have the knack of holding the opposition down. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is uh, is a dark horse for the playoffs. Uh, they rank second in the Metro, but they don't they don't get a lot of love when you talk about prospects. Uh, I love the Rangers. I know Tom loves the Rangers uh, too, and uh, the Western Conference uh, seems uh, very strong as well. St. Louis uh, doesn't get as much conversation as they think they should, and I, I could probably uh, go on uh, discussing about thirteen of the sixteen teams that are likely to be in the playoffs. But uh, this is what Tom has been saying right along: that uh, this is a year where uh, the dark horses are getting much darker, and there's lots of them. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues, if the season ended today, they'd play the Chicago Blackhawks. That's some matchup. That would be a matchup, and almost everybody, I think, would intuitively say uh, they favor uh, Chicago. But uh, (laughs) I I don't think the numbers lie, and St. Louis is a very good team. Well, plus Chicago has lost one of its uh, very best players, scorers, leaders. Uh, he's, he's out for the year, and that was a big loss. But it is further complicated in terms of trying to predict the winner because I have never seen that we're looking at now in the back end of the season such wide range of sensational goaltending. There have been so many performances by great goalies and also ones that uh, haven't even been discussed before. I've seen some, I watch, uh, you know, five to ten games a week on multiple TVs in hockey, and I'm blown away by the level of the competition. I mean, last night, for example, you know, the Penguin game, because the goal tending by Nemi and uh Flurry was out of this world. You had a nothing. Then you had that couple of nothing, nothing overtime games. I think it is almost impossible right now to pick a winner with any kind of uh, confidence because of how close the competition is. And I think what will win will be teams that suffer the least lethal injuries which is huge in hockey because the hitting and some of the hitting isn't exactly, uh, I hate to see these blindside hits uh, crushing guys into the boards. Those kind of hits should be legislated much more 
uh, strongly against. But be that as it may, the competition is fantastic. The only thing I'd like to see more of is four-on-four. <laughs> and a lot of these it teams... That, that, that's even more fantastic. Four-on-four <laughs> four would be great. And a lot of these teams, I mean, they've got about 15 to 18 games to go. A lot of these teams that are in the playoff hunt, I mean... And a lot of them have to match up against each other. I mean, you talked about St. Louis and Chicago. Chicago has won the series thus far two games to one, but they've got two more games, one in Chicago and one in St. Louis, left in the regular season. And, I mean, you have the world champion Los Angeles Kings. They're not. They're, they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. They're three points back. They've got 17 games remaining, six at home, 11 away. And then uh, in the East, you've got Florida. They're four points back. Ottawa's five points back. I mean, who knows what is going to happen in the next couple of weeks with this uh, NHL? I mean, this has well, been what, the best season you know, I've that, seen in a long time. You know, there was talk. There was talk about uh, mentioned Montreal leading, and almost like that's a surprise. And it is a surprise that they're on top of the, uh, you know, a real tough. The divisions, both divisions now are quite tough. The East is much better than it was last year. But guys like Corey Price are what I'm talking about. He's had a year. You know, look, let's make it, let's make this easier in terms of what great goaltending means. This would be like having Baumgartner, Baumgartner be able to pitch every game in the World Series when a, when, when a goalie's hot and playing like that. He is pitching every game. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. The, the value of a hot goaltender, when you've seen it with Quick last year, you know, they won a couple of cups because he was real quick. <laughs> and I truly believe that you can't win and you won't win unless you have one of those goalies that just strings out, you know, a long string of sensational performances like you saw from Quick last year. And after all, look at who he was playing against. Yeah. He was playing against the King, and the King was damn good himself, as always. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, goaltending still is going to be the uh, – nobody is going to win the Cup that doesn't have great goaltending. You know, one thing uh, to think about, the difference between the regular season and the postseason is that you're not going to have shootouts. And there are some teams who have shown their great ability to win those shootout games, uh, and they're not going to have that opportunity. They're they're going to have to uh, win the game uh, five-on-five or or whatever. Uh, They're going to have to win the games uh, without the benefit of the shootouts. That might affect a team like the Islanders, who have been very successful in shootout games. Uh, and uh, I'll be interested to see if that levels the playing field between teams who have higher standings than, than others. This is going to be... I've been a hockey nut for 60 years <laughs> since I was a... You know, a kid, but and and involved in it, you know, for many many decades, and I love it. But to me, the the competition is just better than ever. You could sit on the edge of your chair, and yeah, I would. You know, the shootout to me doesn't doesn't fly. I mean, that would be like settling tie games in baseball with a home run truck. I'm not 
in that, that thankfully in the playoffs, you have what I call holy warriors decide who wins. And that's what it takes. These guys are warriors and a half. And we are going to leave you on that note. This has been the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. And we want to thank everyone out there for listening to the podcast on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. And follow Tom on Twitter at LateEnning and follow at InsideSportsUSA as well. And until next time, this has been the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Thanks for listening to The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. You can check out more of Sports USA's podcasts anytime at sportsusamedia.com, iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, iHeartRadio.com, and the iHeartRadio app for your smartphone. There you'll find Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer, Conversations with Joe Morgan, Ted Sobel's Excellent Sports Adventure, and The Fred Dreyer Show. This has been a production of Sports USA.